0: Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. One sentences in the thought. Don't worry, it's too Anchor. With all the portals and everything in a sensible way, you get a benefit. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast.
1: Let's start. So, okay. I formally introduce. Uh, so, this is we the final edition of the Jurisent Talk, season one, and we have
2: like Mega from IVOX. We actually had some, certain internet issues, so we apologize for the inconvenience to our viewers and everybody who's watching us. So. This is the final episode of the Juris and Talks, and we really had six episodes, you know, physical and non-physical online, in which we discussed various avenues of law and other fields. We discussed on fake news, social media, we discussed on uh, the scope of startups, we also discussed on the role of humanitarian entrepreneurship, and how is it important to evolve the war culture of international law. Also, we talked about human rights and the of free and artificial intelligence among law students. And then we thought that, you know, after covering human rights as an institutional idea, let's cover human rights in a more humanistic way, in you know, something specific with impressive. So I had a talk with some day informally, and we decided to have a discussion, a positive discussion on child violence and understand its perspectives. So I'll now do the so, let's do it. So, good evening, Megha. And be great if you could introduce yourself. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. So, hi, everybody. I am Megha Bhatia. And uh, I'm the founder of ROI it's a youth organization. And we work on child sexual abuse prevention as an issue. Uh, apart from that, I've done my Master's uh, in Human Rights, Specialization in Human Rights from University College of London and uh, I've been a child rights activist and I've volunteered with a lot of organizations like Save the Children, NSCC. Uh Today I am looking forward to have a conversation on child rights as an issue from an international perspective because um, this is something which is very close to my heart and I strongly believe that um, being a youth or being an individual we have a role to play uh, in ensuring that our children are safe and we have a safe childhood. So, yeah, that's me and um, I'll be talking a lot about international laws related to children and their rights. Yes, so should I start now?
2: Definitely. So, let's take on the context. Why did we choose
1: this topic and why is this so crucial yet commonly known and why we should... Let's start. Uh, I will so, uh, what you, want. Yeah.
3: Uh, you will be answering this, why we chose this topic or you want me to answer this?
2: Uh, I would be really happy if you could do this because I think this was a good idea from your side and then I'll add my invitation, what inspired me to actually put this forward. So, you know, that would be great. Yes. Yeah.
3: Okay, great. I think the topic that we have chosen is international uh, perspective on uh, violations that our children uh, are facing at an international level. Uh, I think this uh, topic is very important because uh, when we talk about children, we see them almost every place and they are not just the future of our country, but they are the present also of uh, our country. Uh, So it is crucial that we ensure as individuals uh, that they are safe and they they are in an environment where they grow as an individual. So uh, this topic is something which uh, is the need of the hour. Uh, I think that was that is one thing which really motivated us to choose this topic. Uh, so you can
1: share your views on this view as in. Sure. Uh, my view on this was with regards the idea of emotions and law. So,
2: although it's very connected, but what happens is that the role of subjective ideas, which are very delicate. And somewhere down the line, not much touched. Sometimes they're isolated or untouchable in legal discourse and social discourse. If not, an ethical discourse. Much among judicial bodies, much among administrative systems, it happens. So uh, that's the idea of emotions and law. Firstly, kind of encouraged by Aristotle, if we get to the Westphalia or European history, in India. The Vedic history shows that emotions have a very important aspect of you know in legal ethics, diplomacy, foreign policy, and you know how sovereignty works. But beyond emotions, the thing is that the idea of empathy is very central these days. And when we talk about and study the scope of international law related to child violence, uh, the very important aspect which we should understand is that the Westphalian model, and from which now we are in the model of American international law, which is also being Challenged by multipolarity of Russia, China, and India these days, the idea of child violence and disprotection, not by principle at least, but by purpose and practice, might be diverted, and that could happen when the commitments adhe- to be adhered by Western democracies, who actually you know become the guardians of uh, international law and rule-based international order, how they take care of women and children violence. And you know how they resolve the issues, how they make conditions better to uh, you know to attain international peace and security. That would be really impressive to see. Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, so to start with, uh, we'll be covering a lot of issues and violations that children face uh, on a national level. So I want to give a trigger warning uh, warning before starting this because uh, there might be some cases that I'll be sharing which. Uh, are very sensitive and it might trigger uh, somebody's. So, uh, I just wanted to give a trigger warning before that. So, uh, should I start now with the entire explanation part?
1: Definitely. I think, you know, a very, you know, interesting. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Great. So, when we talk about child rights, as a concept, we should actually know who is the child when we talk about international level. Uh, so, uh, we have this instrument called as United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, which specifically states that when we are referring to children, uh, obviously children are cute, they are uh, they are innocent, they are kind, but uh, in legal terms, it is any person who is below the age of 18 years of age. Uh, so, whenever we are referring to children, we must be clear about the legal age of a child. Uh, but the idea behind child's rights is, uh, uh, let let me take you uh, in the historical side of this. Uh, initially, when child rights came as a concept, there was a lot of uh, arguments that children should not be given any rights. And there are some authors who have also stated that a child's only remedies to grow up, that um, children should just grow up and they should not be provided with any rights because they are not mature enough to enjoy these rights or have these rights. But... Uh, after the Geneva declaration and after UNCRC which specifically provided enormous rights to children, it was actually a way forward that children also have rights. Uh, so, uh, being a youth leader or if you're law students, please uh, focus on that. What kind of rights should be provided to children? And
1: do you think children should have not? His name is Hall. He states that children should be given all the rights,
3: like they should be given right to get into sexual intercourse, they should be given right to even vote. So it is a debate that how many rights should be given to children and how many rights should not be given to children. Uh, But uh, specifically focusing on UNCRC, uh, it is an international instrument and it has been signed by almost all the countries except one country. So... The, uh, our, uh, I want to ask you, Abhi um, uh, is there anybody who is joining us from Facebook?
1: Uh, are we live on Facebook? Yes. Yes. i We are live on YouTube. So, we are live. That's a good news.
3: Great, so the question uh, to all the people who, who are joining us do ponder over that, which is that one country which has not ratified UNCRC. So UNCRC is an international instrument which has been ratified by all the countries except one country, I'll be answering this question in the last of this uh, conversation. So actually UNCRC we actually need to focus on four major principles that UNCRC covers when we talk about children rights. So, uh, UNCRC states that every child needs to have a right to equality. There was this case in Canada in which a person, a child, who actually took Kripan to the school. And um, he said that it was my no religious right and uh, I should be allowed to take Kripan to the school. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of argument and there was a lot of controversy from the school side that it is a weapon and children should not be allowed to get kripan or they should not be allowed to wear hijab to the school. So, the child argued that it is my right to religion and it should be respected. There was a controversy that do children have right to religion, do children have right to equality and can a kripan be considered as a violent, like as a weapon kind of a thing. So, after this case in Canada, the Supreme Court ruled out that children also have right to religion. Children also have right to profess their religion or their practices and they should be allowed to get because It is part of the uh, culture of religion. So, uh, when we talk about child rights, sometimes we ignore that children also have rights. But uh, focusing on, specifically on international law, focusing on Article 2, children have rights and have right to non-discrimination, their freedom of religion. Uh, moving on to violence. So Abhijatn, are you aware about any kind of violence that is happening with our children? Anything that comes to your mind?
1: Okay. Well, I am not a humanized person. I am a technology person. But hmm. uh, if we understand what we have, we have I mean, or kind of thing that M takes Okay, voice is actually not audible. Okay, so I
3: can continue with uh, different types of violence that our children are facing in different countries. Uh, As the UNCRC UNCRC, uh, do provide children with the right to protection under Article 19, the uh, UNCRC article states that the state parties must initiate some educative steps or programs, uh, uh, steps in relation to programs or legislative steps to ensure that our children are safe. Our children are safe from physical violence and sexual violence. But uh, is it sufficient to just have an international law or um, is it important that we also pay emphasis on its implementation? So when we talk about violence, uh, all sorts of violence is happening to our children, no matter which country uh, they are in. I would specifically refer to some of the instances which I have read in my research and some SING operations which were done by reputed organizations. One of them was a SING operation which was done in Philippines and it was, it is, there's this term which is called as webcam child sex tourism. So, in this, what used to happen was, I won't be calling the word tourism because it is kind of a good word, but it used to be called as webcam sex, child sex uh, production, or children were actually involved into showing certain kind of sexual content to perpetrators, to pedophiles through a webcam. And um, they were actually forced to do this. and they were photos by their parents who used to stay in Philippines and uh, they were supposed to show these pictures and uh, pornographic material to people who were from different countries. and a sting operation was done by Heresadi home association and they found that at one time there are around more than 7,000 pedophiles available online and uh, When they asked their parents that why they were forcing their children to do such things when they were just seven or eight years old, the parents justified this action by saying that, oh, the person cannot touch them and it's happening online. So it's not going to affect them. But when you actually imagine this, it can be really traumatizing for a child to go through this scenario. Even if it's happening through just a webcam, it can be traumatizing for the child to showcase their private parts or actually uh, witness sexual violence. It is a kind of a sexual violence that children were going through and it was no—it was huge in numbers. And it was happening in Philippines. Uh, sting operation was done and a lot of pedophiles were caught after the sting operation. Even though they have laws in their country and even though there are international laws, even Philippines have signed this uh, uh, UNCR. It is important to understand that had um So when the parents were asked why they're forcing their children to get into this, they told us we are poor and we are a actually so even though we have laws of have international law, it is able to improve the economics of the country also and we aware about such laws, people people aware about why important I think should be having rights and their rights should be respected not just at international but to the last child. This was just uh, one case in terms of sexual violence but um, there were a lot, uh, lot of other cases also. I am sure so you must be aware about the USA uh, case in which there was this person whose name was Lally and he was doctor and he was uh, uh, a doctor who, was, uh, who used to check Check girls when they when they used to go, go to Olympics, and uh, he abused around 150 girls. And it was sexual violence that he was doing, and the girls couldn't raise wives, even though we have Article 19, which protects the rights of these children. But there are times when children fail to raise their wives. As adults, we owe the duty to ensure that our children are safe. Uh, I remember in this U.S. case, the judge gave a judgment that I'm going to issue a judgment that um, in which I'll um, you will be in prison for 175 years, and that judgment was uh, actually very powerful, and I strongly believe that we need such powerful judgments uh, to ensure that the culprits are behind the law, and in this case, I want uh, each one of you to be aware that sexual violence is not something uh, which is happening in India which is happening in Philippines, it is happening in USA, it's happening in every single country, in our homes, in our societies, and it is important that despite having a law, we as individuals need to take certain actions to ensure that our children are safe. Uh, yes, so, moving on from sexual violence, um, is there any a point that you would like to mention, Abhi Vardhan, regarding sexual violence?
1: Yes, uh, actually, I have been understanding very interesting, and I appreciate that.
2: Uh, with regard to what happens is that the element of justice is very important, and the element of rationality is based in it. But what we have seen in case of, you know, gender rights, or women
1: rights, or you know, men rights, etc., what is very important. Days that first, they are rationally okay. The treatment by law and of all these days. sometimes lacks that kind of in a simple circumstance, at one circumstance, and that actually affects many yes. issues like. Treatment and that has been very important. So, let's uh, understand that aspect if you think about that. Could you name the text that
3: you have mentioned because your voice was cutting?
1: Uh, That aspect I'm talking about
2: diversifying different issues. So, for example, there's a gender violence issue and we deal it by law but what happens is that uh, the very definitive stance, the basis has been, you know, gender centric to one thing only. It has been revolving around one thing which is different to others. And for times it has not been institutionally changed. It's not just a political problem or a social problem, not just about consensus. But by also it has been very blind. It has not getting a definitive role. Actually that's a problem currently. if we go to for example transgender. That's you know, in many ways in India we have a problem by our legislation, by our social understanding. So beyond the common thing that for years we know that we are different gender people, that's a natural reality. But by law, by social conscience and legitimation, we are not been able to, you know, make it proper and, you know, strong enough to change our
1: anthropological paths. So, you know, that's it.
3: So I would like to point out, you have raised a very nice point. I would like to point out that um, uh, when we talk about child sexual abuse, you, you talk about we are talking about laws, okay? so we in india implemented a foxo act we are specifically focusing on child sexual abuse because we have an international obligation under uncrc but in the is amazing it talks about child sexual abuse it talks about laws it talks about child friendly provisions but just having a law is not sufficient because even though there are child friendly yes. provisions but when it comes to implementation i think in which um, Office officers are refusing to file an FIR, children are re-traumatized after, like, by the questions that are asked by the police officers. So, uh, But the important thing is that there should be proper implementation of the laws. People should be conscious. Their mindset needs to be changed regarding the problem. Like In, in child sexual abuse cases, 90% cases goes unreported because people don't feel like reporting even if there is a law. So a lot of change needs Happening happen to the mindset of the people as well as having a strong law is very crucial uh, to take a step forward like um, like when you talk about LGBTQ we really need to have more laws which talks about uh, like there was this I think uh, there was this bill which was passed uh, which was talking about sexual violence and they stated in that bill that uh, um, there should be a lesser punishment. There should just be a six-month punishment to the culprit who abused a person who is uh, not a female or a, not a male, and there should be a six-month punishment for that. And for other people, like who is a male or a female, the punishment varies to three years or sometimes life imprisonment. So you cannot discriminate between um, people who are transgender or who, who people who are from LGBT community and ch- like basically children who are from LGBT community and p- children who are. Uh, male or female. So, we need to have strong lo- laws, it is like the first step and then the another step comes is that
1: changing the mindset of the people and working on the implementation part. Yes. Do, would you like to add something? Uh, yes, definitely. We uh, actually Come between the clocks that actually show. So what happens is that we understand the scope of justifiability. We have a of our laws, and not just the laws, but the culture we yeah. So often it is into criticism
2: by political science or a political lines that. Uh, it's all just because of you know an archetype of a system, but there are be controversial aspects because I study yeah. law and history, and what I see is any issue related to constitutional law in general, any country, like the U.S., you know, the abortion issue of how President Trump deals, and
1: some states are dealing with finally or how the gay rights issue is been dealt with. We often just get it that same problem that okay, there are two sides okay, we them,
2: and then okay, the it becomes yes or no or not or not. So it's a very big problem and we must understand that the solutions are not generally based on very regimented discourse or somewhere down the line where we do not intend to form a process. Somewhere around the line within a new liberal, uh, economic scenario we must not just be reactionary sometimes, but not being reactionary, we must see a vision. Think about the problem. First. That's actually the thing. Like that's happening. Like uh, when Tony Blair was the Prime Minister of UK, so there was a time when the Conservative Party in the UK were not in favor of you know thinking for gay rights, institutionalizing them. But Tony Blair convinced both the Conservative and the Labour. And now very often in the UK election was trying to advocate the rights and you know talking about their various issues there's a very yeah. stark difference between both of those candidates Tony was going to Tony. make a consensus between them and Jeremy would not need that whole Johnson took an advantage so this happens regimenting and it's very easy you go to South Africa, US, European Union and we use
1: the of the people team all of that we okay let's and there's one side and
2: there's every side and nothing called security, and society is that way. Practically we know that what is real. Thing is that we just need
1: to calm down and think that all economic and social development must be in that line. That's
3: my point. yeah, yeah. Okay, I would like to talk upon uh, other issues, specifically focusing on, since we are talking about children, and um, there, there are certain other instances that I would like to share. other Well, that's okay, we must into it, because these are the uh, children who, uh, we totally ignore them almost on a daily basis, especially in India, I've seen this, even in Brazil, this used to happen, uh, we call them street children, and, and some countries, they also these street children are not ignored because they don't have home, they stay on the street and um, to survive actually they snip glue. Snip they sometimes um, get into the practice of stealing things and they are ignored by the society. So uh, it's very important that as individuals we need to be conscious about um, how children rights are getting violated almost every day and sometimes we even ignore it. Like I'll share a, share a personal instance with each one of you. I was traveling and there was a small child who was uh, um, actually dancing on the street to gain money and people were actually providing her with money. So this is something which people will be like, okay, it's very normal. But when you talk it in terms of or think it in terms of international perspective, it is actually the child rights getting violated. The child has right to food, shelter and a good environment. The child should be actually studying in a good school at that point of time instead of earning money. So as individuals, we need to be conscious about um, how we as individuals are also ignoring rights of the children on daily basis, whether it be child labor or it be just a normal conversation with our cousins. Because it starts from home. I've seen a lot of time that uh, like, if you're having a conversation with a child and adults generally tend to say that okay, you're a kid and you won't be having an opinion on this topic. But we must understand yeah. that even if the person is a child, even if um, the person is less than 18 years of age, age they might have having opinions which we should respect as individuals, and we should pay attention to it. In fact, you can see the article 12 talks about right to participation of children, which is, I believe, it is the most important right. And children should not just be seen; they should be heard also. Like talking about climate change, uh, you must be aware about Greg. And she is just 17 years. Yes, yes, definitely,
2: definitely. Yeah,
3: she started a climate uh, strike movement, and just one little girl raising her voice, and the entire different countries was with her. So we must not underestimate the power of children, and we also should respect. We should obviously protect children, but I think respect the right to participation, to have an opinion, even if that child. It doesn't mean we should just ignore their thoughts. Yes. Hmm.
1: In fact, what do you think about um, child rights to participation ambi or then? Okay, so that's very impeccable. Really and what is that climate revolution? You know, departments create responsible to you. So over the year every okay. like I move by and child transition is different. Like let's take a uh, I myself am young, and when I was a child, uh, I used to be used you know, to talk about things you know, in a way your know, plans, am government, are time and I belong. But I um, take actions, but it's very convenient for people to, you know get
2: out of the soon. but to increase child participation in a better way, we must understand mm-hmm. the ecosystem that is created. Like for example, Greta.
1: okay. Now she's doing a real good job. She wants to climate change as a big problem. So that's you know, yeah. some action. She has. Okay. But The ecosystem. Of many right now, if we go to Sweden, we go to
2: Scandinavian. It's very good. In Israel, it's good. In Qatar, it's good. You know, I'm not talking about even in India. We can say that as it's not that. Clear, it's not Still in India, that's a
1: diverse problem. But still in India, we can expect. from you know, urban and urban
3: in India, we have actually started taking yeah. initiatives uh, in respect hmm. to participation of children. Like uh, uh, there are a lot of organizations which are working on setting up children parliament. And even in uh, last year, wow. there was an initiative was taken where there are set of uh, people from different children parliament all across India. They will be representing um, at the main parliament. So these are children who will be presenting and raising their issues to ministers about their issues. So I think this is one step which is a way forward for India.
2: The yeah. Line, you yeah, definitely. I think that's impressive. Um, you know, encouraging a democratic discussion, you know, a discourse which is just a one-to-one open and also, I should say, courageous because what happens is that those people who are in power, whether politicians or, you know, ministers or parliamentarians, even judicial guys, these have some intimidation within as well they we feel that okay somebody raises a voice and they're gone but i think that taboo in politics also should change that you know anybody who is even six years old or seven years old obviously we should let that person bloom and we should wait but we should yeah. encourage that and you know and that's interesting yeah
3: and i think in the way where children can raise their voice they can talk about different movies like i remember i still have a lot of friends in my time in u s and it is such a great platform to talk about social media, countries and provide great solutions. I also remember that once I was conducting a workshop and it was on sexual violence and talking about gender sensitization. There was this child who was in her fourth class and she came to me and she told me her line which was in Hindi which means we need to change the mindset of the people and not our sports. let imagine a fourth class girl, a fourth class girl sharing um, things about gender sensitization, or what's her opinion? It is really appreciable. So we must not underestimate hmm. the hot process of children because sometimes they can teach us a lot. Exactly. I
1: mean, uh, okay, I go
2: into like you know another a theme. So like, we are, right. there's one interesting field, which is uh, technology. There are many people, many prodigies who work on the field. Sometimes they also face their own taboos, people not pay on their own but yes. In India, we have a youth which is growing. They have very good advantage. Japan lost it early, China is losing it, USA is losing it, France is losing it, but India is not, right? And, yes. uh, what we have seen is that people of a good deal of age have tried to represent in many avenues. Like, if you go to law, for example, uh, it's very impressive to see. There's one person, I don't remember her, her name. She is just 22 somewhat. She got her law completed, she's pursuing a master's. She was working with the Common Human Rights Initiative, and she got an opportunity at the United Nations to become a legal advisor. The sole legal advisor for a small country called Maldives. She's just 22. Wow.
1: And this she started her EMU
2: journey. Yeah, she went for a five year law. And she just worked in a way fashion. So uh, age does not matter.
3: And I think change will happen. Eventually, things will happen. Because yeah, it's it's gonna it's, it's a slow process, but if you're working towards it, little little steps, getting laws and papers, judiciary taking initiatives, tools, uh, NGOs, religious society organization uh, organizations taking initiatives, it's like um so one person can bring a change, but it's like it's more about bringing people together to work towards a better future, a better nation. That's what what matters. I think so because. Just not single individual, but bringing people from different class, culture, religion together is the need of the art.
2: Exactly. And we yeah, and we need to normalize the discourse and replenish at the same time. Sometimes people say, okay, let's have something different and just normalize it. No. Mm-hmm. Normalizing means that you want to make these somewhere down the line existent. Replenishing means that, okay, now we have the seed. Let's convert the seed into a tree, let it grow, let it get a chance. Because, you know, in a long-term perspective, things are very important. In, you know, in case of the development of a child, it's not... So, okay. so, in a generational manner, India has still a lot of chance. People are doing it, uh, you know, in semi-urban and urban areas. We hope that, you know, more participation happens. And the Consequential way, we get better solutions, and you know, India has a powerhouse for all of this. We can really do it.
3: Yes, and I think youth can play a very important role in ensuring that our children are safe, and they can play a very crucial role in ensuring that their voices are heard by the society, and they're not asked to be quiet about issues like violation, sexual violence, and they they should be the ones who should be speaking about these issues, these uh, issues, and taking their voices forward. And moreover, I think when we talk about child rights as an issue it is not a luxury that we are giving to our children, oh ho, but it is something which is a necessity and which belongs to them, it is their human rights and it is our responsibility to ensure that every child gets these rights and it is not something which should be thought over but it should be provided to every child. Yes,
1: yes. definitely. The economics behind all of this is very crucial. No. That's my excitement to see how the process is So, uh, how that was going be, and it is the future. But I think side of it by practice and by, uh, you know, convergent application needs to be
2: fixed because uh, this aspect of neoliberal new theory has been
1: now since 1991, 1992. Children do take away their population. I'm not saying there are no solutions economically, but uh, the economic side
2: of time development is just take it to the aspect of aid, or just take it to the aspect of a kind of a cycle a development of a child that, okay, get into a profession or get into something, that's the thing. Um, we should see that economic development doesn't mean in that. It should make individual sustainability and essentially resilience must be for every person. What do you think from that? On, uh, sorry, could you
3: please give me an example regarding this?
2: Definitely. It's like in the you know in the wake of globalization, we take we we actually encourage children to get into professions or get into an opportunity as per their abilities and you know talents however, and there are scenarios where economic balance creates more opportunities. But for years, those same children you know whether in the 1980s or the 1990s or the 2000s and now the 2010s I should say they mostly are given those kind of opportunities which are monotonous or mainstream but still very common in nature. Right? We, we encourage a culture since the nursery, you know, to till the class and you know the university times to encourage diversity. Okay. People learn different things. People are encouraged by empathy. But economically, uh, what happens is that an influx in certain specifics creates a lot of problems. That's been a, this, has, this has been a problem in every field now. Now, we were talking about engineering years before. Now, law is the next to suffer. And it has been already in other fields. Because diversification of opportunities is very next. Nice and people think about it. They think, okay, how much money would they get? The thing is that they actually get more money by, divers- by more opportunities. So I think that's the thing. What is it?
3: Are you talking about that children uh, are in touch into st- same profession and they're not allowed to uh, go to different
2: professions? Yes, I am talking about that skill development opportunities and not you know employment employment opportunities. I'm talking about that. Yeah. Are you talking in
3: terms of children or talking in terms of people who are above eighteen? Okay, so I'm yes. talking about that
2: transition. Definitely, I'm actually referring to the transition here because you know. Generally children are given a transition, okay, you come to age of 18 and you are getting other opportunities, but in that transition, we don't take care as to how channelize them, like every stage is very important. So I I'm talking about a transition.
3: Okay, yeah. so when we talk about transition and when we talk about children in this term, I think I have personally seen a lot of change in the school scenario, Obviously, there's still scope for improvement, but a lot of schools are not just limited to, okay, you have to become an engineer or you should be taking a science subject because you want to become pursue this career. But there are schools which are opening different opportunities for children so that they can um explore diversified di diversify, diversify feel like. I was having a conversation with um program coordinator of one of the international schools. And she told me that, uh, Megha, I want you to organize a one-year campaign for our children so that they can learn how social entrepreneurs work, how to get into this field of social entrepreneurship and do things which has an impact on the society. So I think this thing which is which was earlier there that a child is supposed to become an engineer because uh, you'll be paid well or you have to become a lawyer, I think this thing is slightly... In, in private schools and even in international schools.
2: That's really great. Uh, that's mm-hmm. impressive. Uh, I yes, hope so. that this happens in continuity, and we really
1: should hope for this because uh, I'm not taking a general scenario.
3: Yes, because even if I talk to my nephew or my cousins they are not just limited to that I'm going to become a lawyer or I'm going to become a senior. Hmm. They have their own um, Uh, own fields in their mind that I'm going to become a photographer or I'm going to become a wildlife photographer so I don't think so it is any more limited to the scenarios that were earlier.
1: Correct, correct. I agree.
2: So uh, now let's wrap up on some conclusions and now you know understand what we have this because there's a lot of things and we got an economics, we got a development, we got an empathy, we got an other aspect. So In conclusion, we are not the arbitrators of finality, but at least we are confident enough to say that the way we deal with our problems is all about the pragmatism and the courage to do. I think that could be connected. with Children generally have that courage which is organic, which is not common among people, and it's not artificially influenced. I think, what do you think?
3: Absolutely, children are courageous, they are strong and they are not, their thought process is not filtered by the outside opinion. They are what they are and I think we should learn this from our children. We should respect their thoughts, we should respect their opinions and we should consider them as human beings. That is the first step and we should not underestimate their power as individuals. And um, concluding it from whatever we have covered today, Uh, Children do have rights, and as individuals, even though legislative steps are important, as individuals, we need to take that first step to ensure that children are. There is a lot of hatred in the world. There is a lot happening to our children. Even if we are having conversations right now, there is sexual violence happening in some other country right now. But what we can do as individuals is have a dream like uh, I remember Martin 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 Luther King said that I have a dream and uh, I strongly believe I have a dream where our children are safe and this can be fulfilled mm-hmm. only when we work together as individuals when judiciary, legislature or huge civil society organizations come together. So that's how I'm concluding. Let's start with our own homes. Let's start with our own cousins and brothers and sisters to ensure that they are safe.
1: Thank so, um, I think, thank you so much for your interest, Megha. It has been really a great time with
2: you. And we mm-hmm. hope that we have more discussions on these issues. And so we now end the final episode of the Jules Talks. I really had a very productive discussion. We went mm-hmm. a lot from one dimension to another. Really, mm-hmm. it's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And see you. And thank you.
1: Thank you.
3: Thank you. All the best.
1: Thank you. you.